The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. As Jesus went along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, for him to have been born blind? Neither he nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. He was born blind so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as the day lasts, I must carry out the work of the one who sent me. The night will soon be here when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spat on the ground, made a paste with the spittle, put this over the eyes of the blind man and said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, a name that means sent. So the blind man went off and washed himself and came away with his sight restored. His neighbours and people who had earlier seen him begging said, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, yes, it is the same one. Others said, no, he only looks like him. The man himself said, I am the man. So they said to him, then how do your eyes come to be open? The man called Jesus, he answered, made a paste, daubed my eyes with it and said to me, go and wash at Siloam. And so I went, and when I washed, I could see. They asked, where is he? I don't know, he answered. They brought the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. It had been a Sabbath day when Jesus made the paste and opened the eyes of the man. So the Pharisees asked him how he had come to see. He said, he put a paste on my eyes, and I washed, and I can see. Then some of the Pharisees said, this man cannot be from God, he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, could a sinner produce signs like this? And there was disagreement among them. So they spoke to the blind man again. What have you to say about him yourself, now that he has opened your eyes? He is a prophet, replied the man. However, the Jews would not believe that the man had been blind and had gained his sight, without first sending for his parents and asking them, Is this man really your son, you say, who was born blind? If so... How is it that he is now able to see? His parents answered, We know he is our son, and we know he was born blind. 
but we don't know how it is that he can now see. Or who opened his eyes? He is old enough, let him speak for himself. His parents spoke like this out of fear of the Jews, who had already agreed to expel from the synagogue anyone who should acknowledge Jesus as the Christ. This was why his parents said, He is old enough, ask him. So the Jews again sent for the man and said to him, Give glory to God. For our part, we know this man is a sinner. The man answered, I don't know if he is a sinner. I only know that I was blind and now I can see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He replied, I have told you once, and you wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it all again? Do you want to become his disciples too? At this they hurled abuse at him. You can be his disciple, they said. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this man, we don't know where he comes from. The man replied, now here is an astonishing thing. He has opened my blind, he has opened my eyes, and you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but God does listen to those who are devout and do his will. Ever since the world began, it is unheard of for anyone to open the eyes of anyone who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't do a thing. Are you trying to teach us, they replied, and you a sinner through and through since you were born? And they drove him away. Jesus heard that they had driven him away. And when he found him, he said to him, Do you believe and the Son of Man? Sir, the man replied, Tell me who he is, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You are looking at him. He is speaking to you. The man said, Lord, I believe, and worshipped him. Jesus said, It is for judgment that I have come into this world, so that those without sight may see, and those with sight turn blind. Hearing this, some Pharisees who were present said to him, We are not blind, surely. Jesus replied, Blind? If you were, you would not be guilty. But since you say we see, your guilt remains. The Gospel of the Lord.
It's quite bizarre, isn't it, the readings today and this time of social distancing and sanitizing hands and covering mouths and noses when we sneeze or cough. Here's Jesus spitting on the ground, making a paste and then daubing the eyes of the blind man. He's breaking all the health department regulations at the moment. And yet they're the perfect readings for us today, aren't they? When we think about what Jesus is doing, we're called to go back to the beginning of creation. In the first account of creation, we remember when the world was a formless void. There was darkness over the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered above the waters. For the Jews, the waters were a symbol, or the sea was a symbol of chaos. And in the midst of it, God said, let there be light. And there was light. The beginning of creation. And again, in the second account of creation, we were reminded of when God shaped Adam from the dirt of the earth, from the mud of the earth. And then he breathed his spirit into him, and Adam became a living being. So when we take this into account, we see Jesus making a new creation of the blind man. And in many ways, I think this is what this time can be for each of us. It can be a time when God can create a new thing and us, his people. It's bizarre for me to be preaching before a camera. Whenever I preach, I get engaged by the people sitting in front of me and their reaction. Perhaps for you, it's bizarre watching a homily at home on a laptop or computer or, or a phone. But this again is a time of, of us doing, experiencing something new, something new coming to birth within us. It's my hope that in this time, as we pray the Mass together, me here in my chapel and you wherever you may be, that we'll enter into the mystery of the Mass more deeply and the prayers, that we'll take time to sit in silence, maybe even pausing the Mass so we can stop and reflect. That we actually slow down. That we use this time for restoring relationships. On national radio yesterday, I heard someone talking about the virus already is making us turn to one another in a new way that we'd forgotten about. Yes, we do see people arguing in supermarkets over items. But the greater movement is about people's concern for each other and supporting each other, becoming the one family, the one human family that we're called to be. And surely that's the heart of the Eucharist. This is a time when we renew 
our faith in Jesus Christ. Our church in Aotearoa, New Zealand, came about through the work of young men and women from France. They'd been through the French Revolution, which had wanted to destroy the faith. And yet out of that revolution came such figures as Bishop Pompalia, our first bishop, Father Kalan, who was to form the Marists and who sent the Marists to New Zealand as our first missionaries, Marceline Champagne, whose education of concern for the education of children, of young people, uh, sees the work of Marist brothers in our land, of Suzanne Aubert, the laywoman who became known as Sister Mary Joseph and the foundress of the Sisters of, our, of Compassion, our own Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Out of difficult times, amazing men and women came to birth. Out of a time of darkness, there was a new light. And that can be the same for each one of us and for us as a community. That's what Paul was writing to the Ephesians about. You were darkness once, but now you are light in the Lord. And that's the challenge for us. Don't allow the virus to be a thing of fear. Allow it to be a great opportunity to live our Christian faith more fully. And that's what Paul's saying to the Ephesians. Wake up from your sleep, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Christ, who enables himself in the gospel reading as the light of the world. But he also calls us to share in his light. You are salt for the earth, he says in another part of the gospel. You are light of the world. And this time of struggle, uncertainty, difficulty and darkness, let's take the time once again to turn back to Christ in a new way. Let him renew us and our lives. And let's take the light we find in Christ out to the world so that we may radiate hope in a time of fear, that we may radiate love in a time when we are being told to isolate. This is what our faith calls us to be, an apostolic people, a people who goes out sharing our faith in Christ, even in the midst of trial and difficulty.